Hello, friends. It's September 20th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. I'm your host, David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I'm happy to serve as your reading coach and tour guide as we make our way together through the Bible in a year. We have a lot to cover in our half-hour podcast today, so we're going to get started right away and start off reading where we left off yesterday in Isaiah chapter 33, beginning with verse 10. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 10. Now I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will lift myself up. Now I will be exalted. You conceive chaff. You give birth to stubble. Your breath is a fire that will consume you. And the peoples will be as if burned to lime, like thorns cut down that are burned in the fire. Hear, you who are far off, what I have done. And you who are near, acknowledge my might. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the godless. Who among us can dwell with the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, who despises the gain of oppressions, who shakes his hands lest they hold a bribe, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking on evil. He will dwell on the heights. His place of defense will be the fortresses of rocks. His bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Your eyes will behold the king in his beauty. They will see a land that stretches afar. Your heart will muse on the terror. Where is he who counted? Where is he who weighed the tribute? Where is he who counted the towers? You will see no more the insolent people, the people of an obscure speech that you cannot comprehend, stammering in a tongue that you cannot understand. Behold Zion, the city of our appointed feasts. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, an untroubled habitation, an immovable tent, whose stakes will never be plucked up, nor will any of its cords be broken. But there the Lord in majesty will be for us, a place of broad rivers and streams, where no galley with oars can go, nor majestic ship can pass. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Your cords hang loose, they cannot hold the mast firm in place or keep the sail spread out. Then prey and spoil in abundance will be divided. Even the lame will take the prey, and no inhabitant will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. Chapter 34, Judgment on the Nations Draw near, O nations, to hear and give attention, O peoples. Let the earth hear and all that fills it, the world and all that comes from it. For the Lord is enraged against all the nations, and furious against all their host. He has devoted them to destruction, has given them over for slaughter. Their slain shall be cast out, and the stench of their corpses shall rise. The mountains shall flow with their blood. All the host of heaven shall rot away, and the skies roll up like a scroll. All their host shall fall, as leaves fall from the vine, like leaves falling from the fig tree. For my sword has drunk its fill in the heavens. Behold, it descends for judgment upon Edom, upon the people I have devoted to destruction. The Lord has a sword. It is sated with blood. It is gorged with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra, a great slaughter in the land of Edom. Wild oxen shall fall with them, and young steers with the mighty bulls. 
Their land shall drink its fill of blood, and their soil shall be gorged with fat. For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of recompense for the cause of Zion, and the streams of Edom shall be turned into pitch, and her soil into sulfur. Her land shall become burning pitch. Night and day it shall not be quenched, its smoke shall go up for ever. From generation to generation it shall lie waste, none shall pass through it for ever and ever. But the hawk and the porcupine shall possess it, the owl and the raven shall dwell in it. He shall stretch the line of confusion over it, and the plumb line of emptiness. Its nobles, there is no one there to call it a kingdom, and all its princes shall be nothing. Thorns shall grow over its strongholds, nettles and thistles in its fortresses. It shall be the haunt of jackals, and abode for ostriches, and wild animals shall meet with hyenas. The wild goat shall cry to his fellow, Indeed, there the night-bird settles and finds for herself a resting place. There the owl nests and lays and hatches and gathers her young in her shadow. Indeed, there the hawks are gathered, each one with her mate. Seek and read from the book of the Lord. Not one of these shall be missing. None shall be without her mate. For the mouth of the Lord has commanded, and his spirit has gathered them. He has cast the lot for them. His hand has portioned it out to them with the line. They shall possess it forever. From generation to generation they shall dwell in it. Chapter 35 The Ransomed Shall Return The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Chapter 36 Sennacherib Invades Judah In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. And the king of Assyria sent the Rabshakeh from Lachish to king Hezekiah at Jerusalem with a great army. And he stood by the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the washer's field. And there came out to him Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And the Rabshakeh said to them, Say to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, on what do you rest this trust of yours? Do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? 
In whom do you now trust that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting in Egypt that broken reed of a staff, which will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, You shall worship before this altar? Come now, make a wager with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you two thousand horses, if you are able on your part to set riders on them. How then can you repulse a single captain among the least of my master's servants, when you trust in Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Moreover, is it without the Lord that I have come up against this land to destroy it? The Lord said to me, Go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah said to the Rabshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Do not speak to us in the language of Judah within the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rabshakeh said, Has my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you, and not to the men sitting on the wall, who are doomed with you to eat their own dung and drink their own urine? Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat of his own vine and each one of his own fig tree, and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware, lest Hezekiah mislead you by saying, The Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of the Sepharvaim? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their lands out of my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But they were silent and answered him not a word, for the king's command was, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament portion today from the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 33 of Isaiah brings us to the final woe where God pronounces judgment on those who seek to destroy Israel. In this case, Sennacherib and the Assyrians are the destroyers. God used the rebellious hearts of the Assyrians to bring the disciplinary judgment upon the Lord's people. In Psalm chapter 76, verse 10, and after that judgment was accomplished, he promised to bring judgment upon them. But as we have seen, the Lord will prove himself to be the deliverer of those who put their trust in him. Isaiah chapter 33, verses 5 through 6 and verse 10. Those among God's people who are unbelieving and unrepented at heart, the sinners in Zion, will be terrified when they realize that our God is a consuming fire. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, he is a holy God. Those who approach him must do so on the terms of his holiness. In Isaiah chapter 33, verse 14, we read, The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling seizes the ungodly. Who among us can dwell with a consuming fire? 
who among us can dwell with ever-burning flames. In that holy fire, only that which is essentially pure and strong can live. Our only hope of a right standing with God is when we are standing in the righteousness of God's Son. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, and Isaiah chapter 33, verses 15 and 16. The one who has been declared righteous by faith in Christ is called to walk righteously through a reliance upon the indwelling spirit of holiness. The glorious prospect of the just living by faith in the kingdom of God on earth is expressed in verses 17 through 22. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. You will see a vast land. Your mind will meditate on the past terror. Where is the accountant? Where is the tribute collector? Where is the one who spied out our defenses? This brings to mind Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 34. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. And who is this one who sits on the throne? He is the judge, the lawgiver, and the king. The United States Constitution gives us the divisions of powers based upon the three different offices of our Lord. As a result, we have the three branches of government, the judicial, he is the judge, the legislature, he is the lawgiver, and the executive office, he is the king. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king. He will save us. Isaiah chapter 33 verse 22. Jerusalem, the city of peace, is the place God has chosen to be his earthly place of habitation. His heavenly command center will be the new Jerusalem. For the majestic one, our Lord, will be there, a place of rivers and broad streams where ships that are rowed will not go, and majestic vessels will not pass. Isaiah 33 verse 21. This is a very interesting word regarding Jerusalem. Unlike the great cities of the world that are built with their great rivers, lakes, or oceans for harbor, Jerusalem has no port. God established a city that would be dependent upon Him. They had no reservoir, and the water table was dependent upon God-given rainfall. Here the Lord is declared to be Jerusalem's harbor. Some commentators believe verse 21 also corresponds to the geological change that takes place when Christ returns and the split of Mount Zion will open up a deep valley to the Mediterranean and make Jerusalem a port city. In Zechariah chapter 14 verses 4 through 8 we read, On that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives which faces Jerusalem on the east. The Mount of Olives will be split in half from east to west forming a huge valley so that half the mountain will move to the north and half to the south. You will flee by my mountain valley, for the valley of the mountains will extend to Azal. You will flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. On that day there will be no light. The sunlight and moonlight will diminish. It will be a day known only to Yahweh, without day or night. But there will be light at evening." On that day, living water will flow out from Jerusalem, half of it toward the eastern sea and the other half toward the western sea, in summer and winter alike. 
Isaiah's prophetic vision points us to what is written in the book of Revelation. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer, because the previous things have passed away. Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 2, we read, The tree of life was on both sides of the river, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for healing the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His slaves will serve Him. In Isaiah chapter 33, verse 24, we read, and none there will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. Chapter 34 describes the future judgment of all the nations in the Great Tribulation. It flies in the face of the myth of human autonomy that humans are answerable to only themselves. It debunks the utopian vision of human perfectibility. Humanism is a delusion. Worldly philosophy believes that man, and not God, determines the measure of all things. Rather than trusting the propositional truth of Scripture, mankind trusts the constructs of his limited reason and blinded heart. A rude awakening awaits. The Lord is angry with all the nations, furious with all their armies. He will set them apart for destruction, giving them over to slaughter. Isaiah chapter 34 verse 2. Isaiah looks further into the future in chapter 34 verse 4. All the heavenly bodies will dissolve. The skies will roll up like a scroll and their stars will all wither as leaves wither on the vine and foliage on the fig tree. A similar image is captured by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 to 13, I looked when he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. And then in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. Catastrophic events in the sky are associated with the Messiah's return. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 10, verses 30 to 31, chapter 3, verse 15, Zechariah chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, and Matthew chapter 24, verse 29. In Isaiah chapter 34, verse 5, we read, When my sword has drunk its fill in the heavens, it will then come down on Edom and on the people I have set apart for destruction. Here Edom refers to the unbelieving remnant of Israel. The tribulation is that part of the day of the Lord that is known as the day of the Lord's vengeance in Isaiah 34, verse 8. You cannot stop it. It will be irrevocable and irresistible. Chapter 35 describes the restoration aspect of the day of the Lord, the establishment of the millennial kingdom. But it also gives us the signs that will accompany the Messiah's first coming, which will attest to Jesus of Nazareth's claim during his ministry. When John the Baptist asks whether Jesus is truly the Messiah, his reply grounds the messianic claim with this scripture. Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. 
for water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 4 and 5, we read, Jesus replied to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, those with skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. Jesus fulfills the geological aspects of the kingdom in a figurative way, as our spiritual life source providing streams in the desert. But these changes in the land will be provided in a real physical way when Christ returns. It will blossom profusely and rejoice with rejoicing and shout of joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 2. Not every man or beast will have entrance there. This is a highway built by the righteous work of God. This is not the work of the first creation. It is the work of ransom, redemption, and regeneration. A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks that way, and fools will not wander on it. No lion will be there, nor will any vicious beast go up upon it. These will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion, with everlasting joy upon their heads. They will find gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Isaiah chapter 35, verses 8 through 10. Chapter 36 begins the historical section of the Isaiah scroll. Chapters 36 through 39. In 715 BC, Hezekiah comes fully to the throne of Judah after a lengthy co-regency with his father, Ahaz. This is six years after the northern kingdom of Israel has fallen to King Sargon II of Assyria. In the beginning of his reign, Hezekiah remained a loyal subject of Sargon and refused to join the revolt of the Philistine states in 711 BC. However, when Sargon died in battle in 705 BC, many of the vassal states, including Judah, began to assert their independence. When Sennacherib ascended to the throne of the Assyrian Empire, he faced rebellion on all sides. Sennacherib sent forces to capture some of the western cities of Judah and to besiege Jerusalem, demoralizing the people of Judah. When the Rabshakeh, meaning literally the chief of the princes, the Assyrian field commander leading the besieging troops, asked to negotiate with Hezekiah's appointed agents, Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah, asked them not to speak in Hebrew. They did not want the common people of Jerusalem to hear the Assyrians slander the God of Israel. They also did not want panic to spread throughout the city. Aramaic was a diplomatic language, and in this case its use would discourage eavesdropping. The Assyrian disregards their request and shouts out to the men on the wall, encouraging them to reject Hezekiah and come out to negotiate peace with Assyria. The people of Jerusalem did not answer the Assyrian because Hezekiah commanded them to be silent. Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah then tear their clothes in grief and go to Hezekiah to report what the Assyrian had said. And we will continue the story tomorrow. Now let's move on to the New Testament where we read from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And this concludes our reading of today's portion from the New Testament. This is a good reminder of our freedom in Christ. We are free to do what we ought to do. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Love is what fulfills all the law. Loving our neighbor as ourselves will be the result of walking in the Spirit. The power of God's Spirit shedding abroad in our hearts the love of God in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, will deliver us from the gravitational pull of our old sin nature, which is bent on selfishness. Paul contrasts the works or acts of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. The difference between the words used to contrast the flesh and the Spirit are telling. Fruit is the product of life. A machine can work, an imitator can act, but only genuine life can reproduce after its kind and produce fruit that will bless others. Love reproduces after its kind. Notice that the singular verb is used to describe the fruit of love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, rather than are. What the Holy Spirit produces is singular, Christ-likeness. We must have Christ's life to be Christ-like. The Christ-like attributes all reflect love. The fruit of the Spirit, therefore, is the joy of love, the peace of love, the patience of love, the kindness of love, the goodness of love, the faithfulness of love, the gentleness of love, and the self-control of love. No law can come against perfect love. It is the dynamic of God's life that fulfills every one of God's demands. No one should get arrested for being too loving. We are to accept our co-crucifixion with Christ and reckon that all the works of the flesh are dead with it, including the old sinful desires. The positive side of the equation for living the Christian life gives us the ability to say no to the demands of the flesh with spirit-empowered self-denial. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 and 25. Now let's move to our next stop on our Bible reading tour, 
the book of Psalms, the Bible's prayer and song book, Psalm 64, verses 1 through 10. Hide me from the wicked. To the choir master, a psalm of David. Psalm 64. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from the dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the throng of the evildoers, who wet their tongues like swords, who aim bitter words like arrows, shooting from ambush at the blameless, shooting at him suddenly and without fear. They hold fast to their evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly, thinking, Who can see them? They search out injustice, saying, We have accomplished a diligent search. For the inward mind and heart of a man are deep. But God shoots his arrow at them. They are wounded suddenly. They are brought to ruin, with their own tongues turned against them. All who see them will wag their heads. Then all mankind fears. They tell what God has brought about and ponder what he has done. Let the righteous one rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in heart exult. And this concludes our reading from the book of Psalms. Hear me and hide me is the prayer of David in verses 1 and 2. How wonderfully these requests are answered in Christ. He gives us access and an audience with the Father. We are hid with Christ in God in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. When the enemy accuses us, Jesus, our rock, refuge, and advocate, is there to answer with his shed blood. The enemy's various attacks are listed in Psalm 64, verses 2 through 6. Satan is behind the conspiracies of the wicked, but the Lord is our victor and will fight for us. In the overarching biblical narrative, we can see how he turns the table on the enemy. Our deliverance will be evident to all, inspiring others to both proclaim and ponder the salvation of the Lord. In Psalm 64, verses 7 through 9. Therefore, let us praise him. In Psalm 64, verse 10. Now for our final stop on our reading tour, the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Do you have an ear for truth? Do you pursue it at all costs? Jesus said, For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. We buy the truth by giving it our full attention, by our active pursuit of it, our obedience to it, and by testifying of it. We sacrifice what we can, we turn from and demolish all falsehood that we might have it, and thereby gain wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Now let's pray. O Lord our God, you are the rightful King of all nations, and one day all will bow down to you. We ask that your Holy Spirit bring conviction of sin, the need for a right standing with you, and the reality of judgment to all people. May each person awaken to the reality of their personal responsibility and accountability to you. We long for your return, and pray that your kingdom come and that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even now, may the result of your indwelling Spirit within each of our lives bring forth a testimony of the manifold aspects of your redeeming love to those around us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, that's a wrap of today's reading from the One Year Bible, and God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow and continue with the final portion of the historical section of Isaiah, as well as continuing in the book of Galatians. 
Once again, if you would like to know more about New Life Community Church and its ministries, you can go to our website, and there you can subscribe to a daily email with a written copy of our commentary on each day's one-year Bible reading. That web address is newlife.org, newlife.org. And you can also write us with any comments or questions you may have. Our address is podcast at newlife.org. So until next time, shalom. Shalom.